Hello and welcome back to First Pages Readings, where books are celebrated as cultural messengers. And thanks for joining me. Welcome to First Pages Readings, Episode 58. Today I'll be reading from three books of fiction, so let's get started. Today's first book is At Dusk by South Korean author Wang Suk-young, translated by Sora Kim Russell. South Korea's capital city of Seoul is a true main character in this book. Its history and culture and its diverse parts affect the characters and their stories in essential ways. The book includes parallel storylines and a love story and loss, and is filled with ironic reflection as we travel with the characters through their journeys and lives. The storytelling is as poignant as it is straightforward. This is an intensely moving book whose drama builds slowly with surprising epiphanies at its end. The first page of At Dusk. My lecture ended. The projector clicked off and the screen went dark. I drank half of the water that had been placed on the podium for me and stepped down from the stage to join the audience members, who'd risen from their seats and were already chatting amongst themselves. The lecture had been on urban design and the development of old city centers, and given the decent turnout, I assume they all had a vested interest in the subject. The section chief for the private sector planning commission at City Hall guided me into the lobby outside the lecture hall. Everyone was streaming towards the entrance. A young woman swam against the crowd of people and approached me. Do you have a moment? she asked. She was dressed casually in jeans and a t-shirt, no makeup, hair in a simple bob cut. I stopped and looked at her. I have something for you, she said. Puzzled, I looked down at the piece of paper she was holding out. A name was printed on it in large letters, along with what looked like a phone number in much smaller print. What is this? I asked. But she was already backing away hesitantly. Someone you used to know. She asks that you please call her. She vanished into the crowd before I could ask anything else. Today's next book is A Place for Us by Fatima Farheen Mirza. Past and present come alive in this book, as its story shines light on personal motivations that don't always align with their impact on others. The book explores the challenges of faith and assimilation and cultural tradition as an Indian-American Muslim family travels the road of understanding and healing its fractures. This engaging and enlightening story was difficult to put down. The first page of A Place for Us. As Amar watched the hall fill with guests arriving for his sister's wedding, he promised himself he would stay. It was his duty tonight to greet them, a simple task, one he told himself he could do well, and he took pride in stepping forward to shake the hands of the men or hold his hand over his heart to pay the women respect. He hadn't expected his smile to mirror those who seemed happy to see him nor had he anticipated the startling comfort in the familiarity of their faces. It had really been three years. Had it not been for his sister's call, he might have allowed even more years to pass before summoning the courage to return. 
He touched his tie to make sure it was centered. He smoothed down his hair, as if a stray strand would be enough to call attention, give him away. An old family friend called out his name and hugged him. What would he tell them if they asked where he had been, and how he was doing? The sounds of the Shanai started up, to signal the commencement of Hadiyah's wedding, and suddenly the hall was brought to life. There, beneath the golden glow of the chandeliers, and surrounded by the bright colors of the women's dresses, Amar thought maybe he had been right to come. He could convince them all. The familiar faces, his mother who he sensed checking on him as she moved about, his father who maintained his distance, he could even convince himself that he belonged here, that he could wear the suit and play the part, be who he had been before, and assume his role tonight as brother of the bride. It had been Hidea's decision to invite him. She watched her sister Huda get ready and hoped it had not been a mistake. That morning, Hadia had woken with her brother on her mind, and all day she willed herself to think as other brides must, that she would be using the word husband when speaking of Tarek now, that after years of wondering if they would make it to this moment, they had arrived. What she had not even dared to believe possible for her was coming true, marrying a man she had chosen for herself. Today's third book is My Heart by Samezdin Memedinovich, who was originally from Bosnia and translated by Celia Hawksworth. This book is a story of memory and recollection, of loss and grief, and is filled with everyday experiences that become a source of contemplation. The story is also about displacement due to war and its effects, and about reflections on one's identity. Divided into three sections, This autobiographical novel covers the character's heart attack, a road trip with his adult son, his wife's stroke, and their lives afterward. This is a beautiful book, and its lyrical language dances with perception and insight. The first page of my heart. Mehmed. Today, it seems, was the day I was meant to die. I was getting ready for work, taking a shower, when I felt a dull metallic pain in my chest and throat, and the taste of cement on my tongue. I stepped out of the shower feeling indescribably tired and wrapped my wet body in a bathrobe. Sanja was just about to leave the apartment to go to work, but then she caught sight of me through the open bathroom door. I told her I wasn't feeling well. I was going back to bed for a bit. This weariness would soon pass and she shouldn't hesitate to go. She stayed. Wet, my hair dripping, wrapped in the bathrobe, I stretched out on the bed. And I felt increasingly bad. She brought me cold tea, which didn't help, and then, having no choice, she called 911. After that, she stared out at the street impatiently, looking for the ambulance. I didn't have the energy to turn onto my other side, so as to watch her by the window. I looked at the sofa where she had been sitting. I felt suddenly uneasy because she wasn't where she had just been. Then I looked at the photograph on the wall above the sofa. Laza, early morning, a young Buddhist monk 
had come out through a high wooden door in the wall of a stone building, and was now walking down a narrow cobbled lane with a wisp of morning mist in front of him. A small white cloud, like a ghost that the priest in his red robe was following. I let my gaze follow the white cloud above the cobblestones in Tibet. Behind me, Sanja said, Here they are. Then she came back into my field of vision. She opened the door and looked down the corridor anxiously, occasionally glancing toward me. And then our room was filled with strangers from the emergency services, settling themselves briskly around me on the sofa. I had never experienced such an aggressive assault on my privacy. Quite uninhibited and sure of themselves, they glanced around the room they had come to. Glanced at me. Admired the floral pattern of the bedspread I was lying on. Strangers in my room. A girl in a blue uniform had just opened my bathrobe so that I lay before them naked and asked, How old are you, sir? Thank you for spending time with me today. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe.